0: Problem.
1: okay um this is enter vr and i'm chris miranda and you were about to say something just now was i <laughs> yeah, i don't know <laughs> um anyway today i'm joined by d can you please help me pronounce your last name yes
0: my name is d kutsia from everyday vr
1: d kutsia that's right okay cool um where does that last name come
0: that's from? uh that's an Afrikaans name my dad is actually from johannesburg
1: whoa so like uh e- like Elon Musk is from South Africa like from South Africa uh... I
0: didn't know that actually, but okay, that's also cool
1: okay, cool uh, <laughs> do you, so do you, can you speak any Afrikaans or that
0: uh, uh like like barely um uh i I know a few words I've read a, a small book on it, but I don't remember very much you my might my a little bit. sorry, my my mom and dad are fluent in Afrikaans, but I never lived there. I was born in the U.S., and mm-hmm. so I never had much opportunity to learn it. What
1: t- teach me a word first a word that comes to your mind? What, um, how do you say uh, hello?
0: Um, I'll, I'll I'll teach you a random word that comes to mind. Eat is for is eat.
1: Uh huh. Eat. Eat. And you just say it like, oh, okay.
0: Ah. And it's spelled like just like the E E at the end of my last name is Ia, It.
1: Huh. That's interesting. Could you see yourself visiting Johannesburg and uh, checking out that uh, that life out there? I don't, I don't know.
0: I... I'm not gonna entirely rule it out because I I'm an amateur photographer. I might go there to like I don't know and capture some 360 video of something, some kind of cool place, some savanna. I don't
1: know. Have you been playing with 360 videos at all lately?
0: Um so've I've mostly been focused on gameplay. I haven't produced my own 360 video of real life yet uh, I have a DSLR I could stitch it I could stitch some stills together um, to make some 360 images but I haven't I haven't gone through the process yet
1: yeah I'm sure it's but the thing is it's that, and I don't blame you for not for taking your time and getting to that because it's, I'm sure it's a lot of work like, yeah getting...
0: like I'm, I'm actually really excited about the um the Kickstarter that just finished um, for Sphere Cam Two, mm-hmm. um, because they they they've kind of I, I don't know when that's going to actually ship, but they they really they have some spectacular specs and they've done a good job of making the kind of a turnkey solution where it's like all the cameras have synchronized exposure, all the cameras open shutter at exactly the same time, um, and um, and 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 they all give out 12 bit color and high dynamic range, and they all um and um and it does raw video so it's 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 very good for the price probably better than anything that a hobbyist can build for the price
1: Did they make any mention throughout the kickstarter about VR or uh, So I entities? mean
0: I think that was like right up front I think they oh. were positioning it as this is the camera to record video for viewing in VR Really Yeah like it was not even like this is for people to move their mouse around on their screens. I think they just don't see that as a very compelling application mm-hmm. and I kind of like I mean the, it, it's it's I see 360 video where you can move it around with your mouse as kind of a nice like little frill like say stereoscopic movies mm-hmm. where it adds something but it's it's not anywhere near the same experience you get watching the same 360 video in VR. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I don't I don't blame them for making that their focus because that's the real transformative experience.
1: Yeah. What, uh, okay. So what sort of uh, specs are they touting? Um, when you know when the because when you for example, so at this point, for in, in, in terms of three hundred and sixty uh, visuals that you can take, um, the Ricoh camera is probably the one that yeah. comes to mind first, and that takes pretty good images. Bad video. Right. Um, so, so what does uh, Sphere Cam 2 bring in terms of like the video specs?
0: So, I mean, you can check the Kickstarter for all the details, but the um, yeah. in, long story short, it does 4K 360 video. That's the resolution you need. Um, because uh, 4K 360 uh, has the same degrees per pixel as DK2, mm-hmm. and uh, Vive and Rift CV1 have about the same uh, angular resolution as DK2. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's 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 pretty much everything you need to produce video for a generation one HMD, uh, and and like I said, it's it's basically a prosumer solution. It's it's got the it's got the raw video, it's got the 12 bit color, all all the stuff you need to do. For example, um, post work on on white balance, on exposure, on any of that kind of stuff. So it's um, and um, and I haven't obviously I haven't played with it yet, but it's it seems very compelling to me and. And again, you know, Kickstarter hardware kickstarters have a long history of maybe shipping late if they manage to do that. So I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to hope too much on them. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that they make it because yeah. they they have a pretty compelling product.
1: What's the best case scenario for a company like that? That you know, some bigger company acquires them and then accelerates their growth. I, mean,
0: I don't know. That's, I mean, that's a tough call. Consumer,
1: like well, at least from the consumer standpoint, right? Like I, think, I
0: mean. Like
1: uh,
0: a Kickstarter, just kind of by its nature, is never going to raise enough money that you can produce very large numbers of hardware units. Mm-hmm. Like to produce, say that I mean they're, these are probably selling pretty close to cost. Mm-hmm. So let's assume each one of them costs a thousand dollars to make, and they want to sell, you know, five hundred thousand of them. That's going to cost five hundred million dollars, and that's not how much they raised on Kickstarter. So um, so pretty much you're you're restricted to either going the the slow growth curve where you slowly earn enough profit selling your small numbers of units you can make more of them like like you know like a fast food restaurant growing into a chain mm-hmm. um, or you take the alternate route where you get bought up and your parent company says here have billions of dollars yes. and you're like okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay yes I will take those billions of dollars and use them um, so okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be an, a fascinating sort of space to look at. Yeah, and, VR and
0: there's there's tons of players in it as well. Yes. Like, I'm like there's Rico, of course, and I don't know what their next gen stuff is gonna look like. They're obviously in, aiming at low consumer. Um, and there's GoPro, who is um, who we know is dealing, making their own Google Jump prototype. Yeah. Who um, people say are making their own monoscopic 360 solution as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they've been the the go-to source for um, cameras for all sorts of 3D printed hobbyist solutions.
1: Can you paint me, paint for me the picture of the perfect. 360 camera in your mind, <laughs> in old, a budget out the window, dreams as high as you can Given go. infinite money, given infinite money, given given the ability to um,
0: manufacture anything you manufacture desire,
1: manufacture anything you want, and even morph matter. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> a god, am I? <laughs> yes.
1: So it seems you are. Uh, you know what? What would that be? What would that camera look like?
0: Um, long story' short i 'm um, I'm, I'm going to answer a slightly less ambitious question because if I could choose the universe, I would just make it so I can like capture it with my eyeballs or something but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think in within five years that 's a little optimistic within five years, maybe seven years I think we 're going to be looking at um, basically cameras will good cameras will get so small. That you'll be and so cheap um that you'll be able to pack very large numbers of them into a single device, and so what I imagine is uh like if you have say you have um a basketball or more like a um uh like a volleyball, not a volleyball um what do you call these the balls about this big about two feet in diameter?
1: Uh, but the um, the, the that, yoga ball? No, like the
0: beach. They use them on the beach and they play the... Beach, beach balls? Beach balls, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, just imagine like basically a beach ball whose surface is made out of cameras. Uh-huh. And, so, and each camera has a lens that's like on the order of, you know, a couple of millimeters wide.
1: What about the interconnectivity of these cameras? Will you, how do you think... You know, as um, as more and more of them become available, you know, how are 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 they going to? Uh, is is the Internet of Things, so to speak, going to merge with you know the advancements mm-hmm. of, com- of 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 camera technology?
0: I don't know about that. Um, yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think it doesn't necessarily make sense to just like use cameras in your environment, um, um, because. It's not normal to have cameras in an environment unless you have some reason to capture it.
1: Let me paint the scenario. Okay. Okay. Um, I am. Um, I'm a whore. Hmm. Um. I uh, like it when people like the things that I do, or, 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 or and, and so. Um, I imagine a world, a day when I'll have like a, a lily camera, one of those, you know flying little robot drone thingies that follow-
0: Oh, yeah, the yeah, I've seen those.
1: And I want a miniature light field camera mm-hmm. inside that robot, and wherever I go, this robot drone, mini drone flying around me is going to send out a light field real-time streaming image I of what I I'm experiencing within a 20 by 20 foot radius, something like that. Yeah. Um... And what what I imagine that would enable is for me to like uh start my own yoga with chris channel uh, right or telepresence with my family in other countries like things yeah. like that
0: um, I like the idea like i i one of my kind of dream applications of VR is I would like to make it so for example, I have friends in um, New Zealand, and it would be really cool if I could just say i'm going down to i'm going down the subway would you like to come with me. Mm -hmm. They live in New Zealand. Can they come with me? Not right now. They can't. But imagine if I had my, my floating beach ball of cameras that could just kind of float down the street at the same height as a person's head right next to me. They could navigate... The, the sphere remotely. They can use positional tracking inside the sphere. They can rotate their head inside the sphere, get an impression of the surroundings as though they were actually there, with correct parallax, with correct everything, using that light field video capture. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 then we can we can have something that's pretty much as close to an in person telepresence interaction as you can possibly get and it can go everywhere with you.
1: Yeah. And then and then and then we will have a Crimeless society, <laughs> where... utopia.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe. But let me ask you a fun question: um, How do you how, how do you ref- how do you define reality?
0: That's an interesting. I know where you're going with this, and um...
1: <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so to, to cut a long story short, I don't like. I, I think there are. I mean, there, there are differences between like the, the reality we occupy with our bodies and the virtual realities. But I, I think, on the other hand, that there are very legitimate reasons that a person may choose to spend the majority of their time or life in virtual spaces in preference to real spaces, mm-hmm. um, while, they, while they still have very clear differences. For example, in VR, you can never take a microscope to your arm and look at your cells unless that's coded into the application um, because there's not that fine structure of matter um, in, in, in VR you can still you, you have access to powers of creation to to and, and the powers of um, interaction that you you don't have in the real world and and it also enables you to, to be to, to take on any form you want to carry out any actions you want and that kind of freedom, is is really empowering for a lot of people. There are a lot of people out in the world right now who pretty much, like I've, I've literally heard multiple accounts from people who say, I was going to kill myself until virtual reality seemed like it was going to show up soon. Wow,
1: you've heard that? Yes. Wow. That's, cr- wow. Yes. That's, um... Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, since since it's time to open up, fuck it. Let's open up here. All right. <laughs> because all, I, mean, I didn't have those thoughts, but what I did have was this sense of complete disillusionment mm-hmm. with my trajectory in life as an individual and from my macroscopic view um, at the at that point, you know, through my through the perceptions that I had at the, at that time, and then VR came along, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden it made me. It, no, it helped me rekindle a relationship with my imagination, once again, that I had lost. Sometime, mm-hmm. sometime along college, you just forget that you have this thing, you know, that it's just it's this infinite fountain of of what, I don't know what the right. fuck it is, but, but it, it makes you, you. And,
0: and I think, I think everybody has that. Like, there's no five-year-old that doesn't play with their imaginary friends. And, yeah. And, and 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 all that kind of thing. So everybody has creativity in in their mind and but, heart. But,
1: but sticking to that, I, so the idea of the imagination. I, so why? So why that was so powerful to me was because you know all of a sudden, you know, and then maybe VR. Maybe I got a little too cultish, or maybe I I, I drank the Kool Aid way too much. But I. But at, at, at certain intersections of problems or anxieties in my life, I was like, well, maybe VR can come in and help here. It won't solve mm-hmm. the problem, but like. You know how much of climate change can be at least mitigated? Not, yeah, mitigated um, through education. You know, and, and how big of an education tool VR can be used. In, in
0: and and that's a great point as well because um, a, a lot of the research that has gone into climate change has basically said that people. The, the, the way to get people to address climate change is to get people to, first, have a basic understanding of how it works, and second, to have kind of a visceral feeling of the consequences of climate change. And these are the kind of things that VR can be very good at conveying, at, at first of all, helping them build that simple mental model that says that you know carbon dioxide is trapped in the atmosphere, and that results in the heat levels rising over time, and they can kind of and if if they get that mental model down, then they can start to think about like they're they're never going to be as 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 good as a trained climate scientist, but they'll be able to understand basic consequences of policies. And politicians aren't going to be able to make non-arguments anymore about yeah. how climate change—the science isn't in yet—and things like that, when it's perfectly obvious that it's what its consequences are.
1: And I, so, to, so, and so, why is it so powerful? What is it that makes this education tool so powerful? Why why is it and that VR is it the visualization? I think it's.
0: I mean, it's partly just more effective visualizations, but it's also, I think it's about, um, it's about visceral learning. Like, it's kind of like saying, are you going to learn more about France, about Paris from reading an encyclopedia article on Paris, or from visiting Paris? And. Um, you know there are certain things that are kind of abstract that you might get from the article but in the end when you're in Paris you have an appreciation of the daily life the people there of what the places look like of what kind of rules and regulations they have of how people function that you and and you have and you get all that kind of on a on a deep level it's like on a level you can't even enunciate like if someone had lived for 20 years in Paris, they could tell you everything, they could tell you all kinds of things about Paris, but if someone asked them to write like an article on everything they know about Paris, they wouldn't be able to capture that. Yeah. Um, because that's that's personal experience. That's something like if they're on a road somewhere and they encounter people doing something, their understanding of the culture makes them instantly react with the right thing to do. It's, it's ingrained in them. And... Um, And I I think that by placing people, by creating virtual environments that reflect, for example, the structure of cells that reflect, um, um, a great example of this is MIT made a a simulation experiment called um, a slower speed of light, Mm -hmm. uh, which basically said, what happens if we make light go at 50 miles an hour? What does the world look like? How does it function? How is that going to screw things up? What if I'm walking along and light's going at fifty miles an hour? What if I drive in my car when light's going at fifty miles an hour? What happens? Um, and and doing that helps you to get this really um, not. It's not just an effective analogy. It's it's about giving you personal experience with um, near light speeds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and when you can do that in VR with. With with all kinds of concepts, you can you can get to the point where people. An- another another example of this. Um, someone in a class of mine once said. Um, once said, if you're swinging a pendulum on a rope, mm. and the pendulum gets way up to one side and it's about to swing back to the other side, and then you cut the rope, what happens to the pendulum?
1: It goes flying. Oh, well, it depends at what point in the trajectory it is i mean if it's if it if if you cut the rope at the point at which the pendulum has momentum going upwards then the pendulum is going to shoot up
0: so this is the point where it's gotten to here it's about to go back down
1: so at that point it's going to fall straight down
0: that's right and uh, a lot of people have trouble with that question because it um it's it's a source of uh, conceptual difficulties a lot of people think it's going to go like flying off into space and um
1: well, I've been listening or I've been watching a lot of Richard Feynman lectures lately, mm-hmm. so so he's helped. <laughs> and
0: um, but I I instantly knew the answer to this question, and the reason was not because I remembered my physics classes from high school. It was because I've been playing a lot of a, a certain casual mobile game called Cut the Rope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
0: And that was one of the gameplay mechanics. You have to wait for something to get up and then cut it and then let it drop down. And this was not like something they even tutorialized in that game. This was just a thing where if you wanted to get to level 3, you had to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So I I think we're going to have a lot of things like that where nobody's really explaining c- the concepts but by building your experience with the concepts in a world that embodies the concepts you learn the concepts
1: how much of that um, formula it, 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 so if I can picture this as a recipe a cooking recipe how much um, gamification do we add you know so to speak in terms of like salt how much? How many sprinkles of gamification do we add in that formula
0: so I, I think it's I'm, I'm re- a little resistant to the term gamification because it's become sort of a bad word. Okay. Um, because there's a lot of people whose idea of gamification is we'll make it exactly the same except we have points and badges now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and More about
0: that. And it's it's not really like... Actually, you don't want to add things. Actually, what you want to do is you want to, you want to take things away so like I said when I played cut the rope there what there wasn't tutorialization of that concept and there certainly wasn't an explanation of mechanics and physics um, there wasn't there were no vectors there was nothing like that what there was is there was there was a simulation there was giving me the opportunity to explore the simulation and rewarding me for for um, performing actions that displayed understanding of the simulation mm-hmm. Um in in ways that were very abstract and simplified and 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 i think there are a lot of a lot of cases where rather than trying to explain to people what is going kind of the the way i put it is in education you always want the question to come before the answer you always want the motivation to come Mm -hmm. before the learning Mm -hmm. and right now in in most classes it's usually here's how you solve this type of problem and they're like why do we want to solve that kind of problem they're like, well whatever
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh you're right it's such a bad way of doing it
0: and the, the cool thing about these virtual worlds is you can, you can just construct so I mean this, this for example this happens in Minecraft all the time kids are playing Minecraft they're like so if I put a sand block on a dirt block and I destroy the dirt block what happens to the sand block oh it falls down I wonder what other kind of blocks fall down and then they, they do a lot of this kind of exploration on their own. And at some point, they, they start thinking to themselves, you know, I, I should check out what other people have been looking at with regard to this, because maybe they figured out some interesting things I haven't that I could play with. And so they go look up on the Minecraft wikis, and they find information about it, and then they go back and try it, and then they it, augment it with some addition of their own. Or they use it in some kind of art piece, or whatever. And, and that's that's a really good model of learning the model of learning in which you start with the world and the simulation Mm -hmm. a simulation which is designed to provoke questions and make people curious Ah. and then when they start asking questions they start answering their questions and and they start looking to others for help answering their questions Mm -hmm. that's really what you want to do and VR is going to be able to do that in a more powerful way by creating visceral experiences where you can directly observe scale, where you feel surrounded by by the experience and the context, um, and and where you can more direct because it's a better uh, has better sim, it's a better simulation of real life. You can more directly port those simulations and feelings to. Similar real life context.
1: What are your thoughts in provoking those questions? What, is, how do you provoke pe- questions, uh, you know, and, and of wonderment for? And especially depending on your app or your depending depending on your application, you have a. You might be in a situation where you are creating this virtual reality curriculum, right? And you mm-hmm. have to get you sort of have to get through the curriculum. So how do you provoke? You know what do you what do you what do you think
0: needs to? So the answer is you're thinking about it wrong. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> um, the short the the short explanation is curriculums are kind of they're, they're another artifact of the traditional education system and they oh. they have a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, that the kind of the idea that everyone should understand the same kind of set of basic things. Um, Doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. That specialization is increasing. What we we really want is for people to formulate goals and to drive at those goals and learn what they need to do to drive at their goals. And if that involves learning to do some algebra, then they should learn to do some algebra. If that involves learning some World War II history, they should go learn some World War II history. But that doesn't mean that we need to sit every single person down and teach them exactly the same thing at the same time in the same amount of time. And, um, this is particularly bad in the U S because in the U S there's been curriculum inflation where basically we add so many, we add more and more topics to the curriculum to try and catch up with other countries that aren't, uh, that we're supposedly not doing as well as. And then we, um, And then we have a problem where teachers are spending all of their time just trying to get through this huge list of topics in a very limited amount of time. They have no time for students to explore anything of personal interest to them. Mm -hmm. They have no opportunity for – and they have no opportunity to go in-depth in any topics that students are weak on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the end result is that they have little to no understanding of a large number of things that lawmakers thought were important because it got them votes. And what we really want – what we really want is we want students to come in, and we want to ask the students at the beginning, based on the stuff that you enjoy, that you spend your time with, what would you like to create or explore or or build upon? Um, how like would you like to make a game? Would you like to build a, a recreation of a setting in a in a book that you like? Would you like to? Um, would you like to um, perform a, a physical experiment with some, uh, with some, or or would you like to go like take photos somewhere and process them and learn about the tools for that or whatever it's, and then you kind of you you look at what their goals are and and you start to. And, and you, you, you give them guidance and you give them tools. You say, okay, we're going to give you this software because this is what professionals use to do this kind of task. Okay. And we're going to help get you started with some of the basic stuff that will help you to get this task done. And then... And then you let them go on their own until they come back and say they want more help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, that's really where you want to be in education. You want to be in a place where you're never going to the students and saying, here's what you need to know. You want the students to be coming to you and saying, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do next. I need your help.
1: Yeah. So what do you, okay, so uh, let's bring this into the, um, well, let's uh, focus this, uh, let, let's hone in on the context of VR and VR development. like. Mm-hmm. How do you, or what would you say to a, a person who is really interested in VR and is on the fence about developing? And I, so what do you, you know, what do you say, you know, what, how do, you know in terms of like how to get started and, and, and you know, so let's say my goal is, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a person who works at AT&T 9 to 5 mm-hmm. um, and then, but, I, but, I, but I've been paying attention to VR and I think it's time for me to start exploring where do I even start, you know, what do you say then?
0: So, I mean, this is a question that's been asked a lot lately. I think I've seen like five Reddit posts on this topic. I want to get started in VR. How do I get started in VR? Yeah, um,
1: it's an ongoing question. Coming,
0: it, like, it is, and it's it's a good question. And um, I'm I've actually I would actually love to see some some uh, some of the more experienced VR devs kind of give their opinions on this. But um, you know, there's there's all the answers about like learning certain frameworks that are that are well developed and popular about best practices in VR things like that but i think the core of it is that you just kind of you just have to do it like you have to literally just like a lot of people are nervous getting into it they're like i don't know how to code i don't know how to use unity i don't know how to model things in blender and they are just like that's too much stuff i'm not going to do it um, i think the the right approach to take is to say what do you know and what can you do with what you know and what can you do with learning the minimal amount on top of what you already know Mm -hmm. and then just go and do that as quickly and as as simply as possible so anybody pretty much anybody can download unity personal uh version five and build you know cube on a plane put a camera in there have a vr application everybody should do that everybody in the world should do that Mm -hmm. um and and then if you want to keep moving forward from there, you can say, well, if if you don't know how to model, what can you do with some basic shapes? That's kind of fun and interesting. Can you have? Can you make a little maze? Can you make? Um, uh, can you make a, a game where you're using physics to do something fun, where you're like pushing things around, or where you're, um, or where things are coming down and you have to stop them, or whatever? You can kind of make up some kind of interesting gameplay just using those basic shapes and later on when you you have some some stuff working you can start to drop in, you can maybe pick up assets from the asset store if you don't know how to model still, you can model some basic things, some very abstract art to drop in, um, and conversely if you're com- more comfortable on the art side and you don't want to get into scripting, you can pick up Playmaker, do some basic visual scripting, um, You can you can lean heavily on just using the physics system, basically just kind of don't, don't try and learn everything up front. Try and build things. Try and come up with projects that are of limited scope, small scope, that you can build out, you can get done, you can push on the web. And this is an important part of it. You don't want to just say, I made a thing. I'm gonna delete it now and just forget about it forever. Yeah. You want you want to put it on the web. You want to you want to show it to other people who like VR. You want to show it to your friends and family. Record a little video of it, put it on YouTube. Just show it to everybody and get even whether you know it's it's to get feedback, but it's also just to say I made a thing and now it's out there and mm-hmm. everybody can play it and I've released it and I've I'm that that kind of when that makes you a publisher. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Um, and and then once you've done that, you can, you can start... And the more you do stuff, the more you pick up little things along the way. Every time you make even something of very limited scope and ambition, there's always going to be things that you have to pick up and learn in order to pull it off. And the more you do that... The more you build your skills, the more you feel willing to take on something slightly more ambitious for your next little project, and that's definitely the way to do it. Build a portfolio, build little projects, go do it.
1: And let your I think, and, and if I could add a little bit, maybe let, let in, especially in the beginning, I would I would say let your curiosity lead the way, mm-hmm. um, and, and even your passions. If you, yeah. if you know if you know if you already know what you're passionate about, there's got to be a way. To yep. incorporate VR into it
0: And yeah, and merge it So, I mean, there's tons of people who are excited about VR But they're all doing different things And the reason they're all doing different things Is because they're all passionate about other stuff Other than VR that they're bringing into VR And everyone has a unique combination of passions If you can help start to bring those into VR You can do some really exciting new things That nobody else knows about or even cares about yet Yeah,
1: so perfect segue into asking you about What are you passionate about these days,
0: Dee. <laughs> um... So I'm 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 kind of I like lots of VR things. Um the last I guess the last six months or so I've been um focused on um some some things related to image based stuff. So I did stuff with light field compression. Um Can you explain what light field
1: compression? I
0: can compre- is? I can explain that. So um so the way I usually explain this is in a normal in a normal 360 degree video, um, there's two there's basically two options right now. There's monoscopic video where both your eyes see the same image no matter where you look, um, and that that prevents you from having the stereoscopic effect like in 3D movies. And it, it it works okay for some kinds of videos, but sometimes it can take you out of it a little bit. Um, and also, there's no positional tracking. So if you lean to one side or the other, um, you will not um it the the view won't reflect that the world will move with you and if you um turn your head also in um in real life when you turn your head there's a parallax effect and it's it's relatively subtle but it's really important to making a place seem real um so for example if you have your eye in front of your face and you turn left you'll see your eye move against the background relative to where it was before Mm -hmm. um and that's a really important difference between 360 video and how things look in real life. Because mm-hmm. um, if you have your finger up and you turn your head, you can look behind it from one view and then behind it somewhere else from another view. And mm-hmm. that's not possible of any kind of fixed image. Interesting. Because there's that stuff behind it that you just can't see, no matter how much you turn.
1: Right, that's true. Because the image is not real. Right. Uh, so that's parallax.
0: Right, that's parallax. And light fields are able to reproduce... Parallax just as well as a native VR application that's rendering in real time. Um, there, even and and you can have a fully pre-rendered scene. You could have a real-life scene. You can get that parallax correct. You can get positional tracking within a fixed volume, usually, um, usually like a meter in diameter kind of volume. You can make it pretty much as big as you want on, until it's like crashing into the scenery. Um, and. Um, and the only catch of light fields is that light fields are generally repre- they they contain a lot of information and their um, standard representations in particular are very large mm-hmm. they're usually represented as a large set of um, as a large set of so with that large sphere you would have like cameras all around the sphere on the order of hundreds of them mm-hmm. and that's you know, that's not too hard to capture, um, at least in a virtual scene. In a real-world scene, you would need either hundreds of cameras or you would need to be moving your cameras around in some kind of predictable fashion. Um, but the the catch is, once you've captured those hundreds of views, how do you store them in a way that's easy to... That that doesn't take huge amounts of space and that you can transmit and, um, and stream. And just as importantly, how do you get all that data onto your GPU fast enough to display it at 60 frames a second? So... Um, that's that's a big challenge and but you can what well, you can exploit is the fact that because all those cameras are taking pictures of the same scene they have a lot of overlap they have a lot of redundancy uh, a lot of them see the same pixels and and so you can um, there are various schemes you can use to um to reduce that amount of data and make it a lot easier to fit more and more of it on the GPU so
1: correct me if I'm wrong but light fields can only do static images at this point
0: right uh this so I've we we've, we've done a little bit ofvid- of video, uh, light field video, mm. um but it was like we're talking like like a two second video at mm. like thirty frames a second or something mm. so it and it was cool because it I think it was like water flowing and you can like move your head around and look at the water flowing from different angles mm. um, but again it's it's very low resolution, very short video um more like a little animated gif mm. than anything. Um, but it's but it it works, and I think light field video is going to get there in the long term um, with some very clever compression and some 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 great solutions. And it's it's kind of the in, in for image based stuff. Um, it's it, I think it's kind of the end the best possible solution. Um, and right now, there's just a lot of problems to solve with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because uh, light fields um, allow for a really good positional tracking. To-
0: and correct parallax, um, yeah. and that's a big deal because a lot of what makes you feel like you're really in a scene is actually that subtle parallax as you move your turn your head and move it around. Mm. It's it's not even about people think positional tracking is about like whoa I can lean like five feet to the left and the right, mm. but really the the reason that Oculus added it it's it's not so much for leaning based game mechanics or uh it's it's really it's about getting that parallax right it's about because in d k one they had the neck model which kind of assumed that there's there's an axis through the middle of your neck that your eyes are rotating around when you turn your head um and that gets you a little bit of parallax um which uh in in real time scenes which is but it's, it's not always correct because that distance from the, the center of your neck to your eyes is, is a biometric metric that's dependent on the individual person, oh. just like your IPD. Oh. And nobody measures it because yeah, there's no, measure that? I don't even know how you measure that. <laughs> um, and there's actually a setting. It, a lot of people didn't notice in the Oculus config, Utility, in the advanced settings, there's eye to neck distance. That's what that is.
1: Really? And that was coded in
0: there? Yeah, it's in there. Oh, wow. Every, it's, it's in the release version. Um, nobody ever changes it. They just leave it at the default, but it's in there. Huh. Um, and, but with DK2, with the positional tracking, it can, it can, Keep track of where your eyes actually are, and it doesn't have to use that that fake biometric data. And it can get a so you get better parallax, and you get a more real looking scene. And that's a big reason that DK two feels more solid.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so before I derailed you into explaining light field compression, what, mm-hmm. tell me more about your passions. What what are you doing with these images? Um,
0: so more about what I'm doing. So, in a in addition to the light field stuff, I've been um, I, w- I was hinting at this earlier. I've been working on panorama, 360-degree cap- uh, Panorama Capture and Unity applications. Mm-hmm. And kind of my goal there is... Um, part of it's it's kind of linking up to my YouTube channel. Um, so for people who aren't familiar, I have a YouTube channel where I upload videos playing VR games, VR applications, um, giving tutorials, giving technical overviews of VR-related topics, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and so a big question I have is, in the future... You know, in two or three years, um, what is what is a let's play or to, or a commentary of a VR game going to look like on YouTube? And right now, what it looks like is I just record my view in the headset, and then you can put on your own headset and watch my point of view. Um, and that's not great. Um, and people who know VR will know why that's not great. Because every time I turn my, if I spin my head to the left super fast, I'm basically grabbing your head and pushing it to the left really fast. Yeah. And that's unpleasant for a lot of people. Um, and so you have to hold your head really still. And if you move it at all, you get inconsistent motion, which feels weird. And it's it's kind of a bad experience all around. But it's the best we can do right now. Um, but with 360 video, basically I can un- untether the viewer's view from my view. And I can say, you're just following me around while I'm walking through the game. You have complete control over your own viewpoint. Um, but you can put any game into that video format. They don't have to download and install the game in order to play the video.
1: Um, and uh, how, do they, how, do they, how do you keep them from getting motion sickness from following around the player around?
0: That's, that's a little trickier um, I mean there's, there's various ways you can do it You can do it as like a third person camera mode Where it's like um, Like in Lucky's Tale or Mario mm-hmm. 64 Where it's kind of the camera's drifting behind them mm-hmm. And it's undergoing gradual acceleration So you don't have too much issues of sickness um, But at this point I'm really pretty much just seeing it As kind of 360 being one step above Doing the, the, the basic view Where you're just seeing what the player is seeing
1: Paint me this picture. So, so two to three years from now, no, let, let's make it five. Uh-huh. When this, when this even, when this matures to its like pinnacle. Yeah. Um. What will look? What 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 will that look like? You know, I. How do I get people to watch me on Twitch or YouTube? Doing VR let's mm-hmm. plays. Am I going to be inside VR and then I will be able to see either out of a control panel or some sort of visualization will show me all the different names of people that are looking at me or, 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 or so there it's, will be ghosts, uh, <laughs> ghost heads floating above me like Converge. Uh,
0: so the... it's it's tough. Um, so, I mean, in terms of the, the most basic thing you can have is just to say, uh, assuming we could magically capture and stream your... Your 360 degree view in real time you can just imagine every viewer is following around your player character as they do everything they do watching what you do and reflecting on your actions and they have the opportunity to like they have their little their little chat floating next to them and they can comment on everything that you're doing while they're in there with you following you around watching you do it and they're just kind of floating on their floating cloud or whatever after you Mm -hmm. Um, and in terms of for the streamer what kind of feedback they get I mean it's not always clear you want that kind of feedback cuz sometimes you just want the player to be immersed in the action and responding to the game itself mm-hmm. and not worrying too much about the 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 watchers but other times you do want them to you know be and conscious of their like audience that. and yeah. be able to respond to their audience. So I mean it's it's more of a visualization problem but it's I mean you can imagine them um, at the very least kind of having having the floating chat window that 's kind of off to their right a little bit floating there, and they can look over and see what people are saying about what they 're doing at the moment mm-hmm. um and maybe they could you know minimize or expand that as they go um, and and maybe they could have some representation like it could it could list the number of viewers or um or it could um it could have like a ghost who 's uh, following them, and the ghost is labeled with the number of people that are viewing from that ghost point of view.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, just blazing across their chest. I am 12,000 people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be epic and insane. And I'm also curious about, like, you know, it, I, I've thought about that because that's going to be huge. People are going to want to stream themselves and their experiences and, and whatever they do. I mean, uh, not to mention the eSports aspects of it Oh yeah e-sports is, I think eSports is going to evolve into this hybrid uh, Wherein We'll have to we'll, we'll start blending the machine with the man um, Yes you'll, Your physical body will be running through physical spaces While you wear an H&B And
0: and i am actually really like I'm excited about how eSports are going to become Athletic and how they're going to become um, How they're going to use large VR Spaces mm-hmm. and and um, and and how they're going to be um, how they're going to be shown to an audience? Because right now, when you go to an esports event, um, you see a guy sitting in a booth, and you see a giant like ten foot diameter screen yes. with the game on it. And you know, other than that, there's no apparent connection between them. You just know that guy's playing that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what I imagine in the future is it's going to be everybody in the audience, everybody at home. They're all they're all in their headsets they're all in the in the virtual game space they're all watching the player engaging with those obstacles like like imagine like there's like a little maze like down here and everyone's sitting in some virtual stands around the maze and they're watching the player going through the maze and dodging obstacles and firing at the other players mm-hmm. and And they see them as the player sees themselves. They see the everything the player sees, um, just from a different perspective.
1: Maybe they see it from the the perspective of being on the um, the box, you know, the the box at the stadiums, the expensive boxes where you'll have like the TV screen and the free catering. So so maybe so maybe I'm in this dungeons, uh, dread halls, sort of crazy experience, and my friends are like, you know, and there's a fancy sort of uh, room watching over me through these like through
0: this oh yeah definitely like um, and if you have a major esports event where you can't like fit more than you know 40 people in the boxes up close up front you can just say well we're going to divide our audience into well, I mean, 100 groups th- in
1: VR like oh if, you, if someone wants to like watch me mm-hmm. uh, if someone wants, wants to watch you traverse the dungeon mm-hmm. um Okay, okay, okay. So we need to differentiate between the two, because the, the, what I see is maybe there will be two types of esports, one where it's like all in VR, mm-hmm. um, and then there's the one where that blends in physical stadiums with like, so we're talking about the physical stadiums then, right? You can do both. We could do both.
0: And and you can have it so everyone in the stadium has a VR or, a, or an AR HMD on And they're, they're watching the action And they're seeing the action as the player sees it mm-hmm. But they also have presence Physical presence in the stadium And they can see the other people around them and,
1: What kind of sports do you think people are going to be uh, We're going to be playing Or we're going to be watching in the future uh, Blitzball
0: Blitz. Just kidding.
1: Blitzball. <laughs> blitz
0: Blitzball. It's blitz a Final ball. fantasy Ten reference. Oh,
1: okay. I'll just say blitz ball. That's crazy. You're no. going to make a get a ball. That sounds
0: violence, but that, that, that also is, sounds good.
1: That sounds yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, I imagine I imagine ball. they're going to be athletic to the point of being like involving gymnastics, where yeah. people are like like having to 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 dodge projectiles in real time, having to jump and climb over obstacles
1: i also uh, I also envision uh, playing with the uh, the sensory inputs uh, like like mm-hmm. sight um, you know playing you know watching a, a game a laser tag, a virtual reality laser tag or a team fortress, a real Team Fortress 2 game unfold before your eyes, but it's completely in the dark, and so everybody's wearing an HMD that that's <laughs> them um, infrared vision or something like that. Um, yeah, so playing with those sorts of parameters, and then in twenty twenty we'll play with like anti gravity and <laughs> things like that. That might take a little longer. That might take a little longer. Well, hopefully, what did you? What, okay, what do you think about the EM, EM drive? Um, is is this something that you're excited for at all? I know
0: very little about the EM okay. drive.
1: so I know very, I know even less than you probably. Um, but in basic terms, it's just this, uh, this, this.
0: My understanding it's, is it produces throstrophatic spelling matter.
1: Yeah, using radio waves or something like that. Um, and no one really understands how or why it works. And it's highly experimental, obviously. Yeah, but it seems to be... seeing. I, I, I keep seeing articles where it keeps popping up like, oh shit, someone else confirmed it. or. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder if that's at all exciting to you, with space travel and, you know...
0: I mean, space travel's connected to VR in so far well, in multiple ways. One of them is that VR is how most of us are going to be doing space travel um, because getting a human off the surface of the Earth costs like millions of dollars. Um, so you're not going to be doing that unless you're rich or someone rich wants you to do that. Um, and, and the other thing is that um, just people who are in space are going to need VR to survive, to to uh, avoid having problems where they, they miss their home where they can't deal with the enclosed space where yeah. they're sick of their fellow astronauts and spending all their time with those people yeah. and um, and so I, I think VR experiences are going to be just a the way they to get out of the spaceship to be in a meadow to be on the beach with their family to, um, to and 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 it's 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 going to be really important just for them to be healthy mm-hmm. um, and and also, I, as as you were suggesting, I think in the, there's going to be VR experiences in the future that are built for space environments, yeah. where you're depending on on them having the freedom to navigate in three dimensions um, and to turn themselves in various ways. So you can imagine like a game where um, like you're you're walking along on the floor, and there's some stuff on the ceiling, and you jump up to the ceiling and turn yourself around, mm-hmm. and now you're on the ceiling and walking around. Mm-hmm. So kind of a VR room becoming a VR space.
1: Yeah, the um, the creative sky is limitless here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, know, you said something that like spoke to me a little bit. It, it, keeping astronauts' mental sanity, you know, uh, up to speed, so to speak, is, uh, is is something that like will go hand in hand with with VR and space travel. But like, we also here on Earth need mm-hmm. mental stability and, men- yes. and 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 so I wonder like. Uh, you know, to what extent can VR help people who are not at the very edge, or and who are not like yeah. having extreme cases of mental illness? Like, how do they- I,
0: I think the same thing applies here. Like, um, because
1: uh,
0: to put it one way, why don't we just let astronauts come home and visit their families? The answer is, it would cost ten million dollars to send them back into space. Mm-hmm. So and why don't people just go to hawaii whenever they feel like it because it costs $2000 for a plane ticket mm-hmm. and why don't people who are on business trips in china just go home and visit their family same kind of thing it's it's there's all these costs associated with all these things people want to do all these places they want to go all these people they want to see and they just can't have the experience they want because they can't they can't afford the cost and that's something that disproportionately affects people who are um who who are poorer who who can't afford and And then those people, as a result are less are, are less um, emotionally healthy and because they can 't have access to the experiences that make them happy and and so a big part of V r is going to be being able to bring experiences where people can be in the places they want with the people they love, with the people they want to spend time with and And feel connected with them in a way that right now they just have no opportunity to do, and that's going to make them more emotionally healthy it's going to help them be uh, live better lives and I think that's going to um, be good for society at large, especially if they're for whatever like if they're a soldier who's deployed or if there's or even someone who's for example, in prison and um, serving out a sentence they could um, you know a lot about, a lot of the purpose of prison is preventative, so they don't commit the same crime again. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want them to to be forming all of their social connections inside the prison. You don't want them to be just being miserable the whole time they're in there. You want them to be, you want them to be thinking, when I get out, I'm going to go home, spend more time with my family. I'm going to take the skills I've developed in here and go out and get a job. I'm going to, I'm going to be rehabilitated. And a big part of that is letting them build experience on the outside so that when they get out, they're ready to, to do that. Yeah. And, and
1: we're not doing that. We're, I, don't know, for, I mean, for a lot of people, we're not doing that. And that's that's not, true. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, please
0: continue those. No, no. Um, but I mean, just in general, um, all, all kinds of people who just can't be where they want to be at the moment for a variety of reasons. VR is going to enable that telepresence and and enable them. And I think there's going to be there's going to be a certain class of people. I think it's going to be very controversial. There's going to be a class of people who withdraw into Virtual experiences for the majority of their life, spending eighty percent or more of their time in VR. Um, general, obviously, as probably as part of their job, if they're spending that much time there. Um, as as well as, and and I think those people are um, a lot of people at first are going to find them kind of. They're, they're they're probably going to be a certain type of social outcast, but I think in the long run. Those, those people are going to be kind of an accepted class of people who just kind of, th- that's the experience for their life that they, they want to have, that they choose. They, they have access to things there that they don't in their real life, and they prefer it for that reason.
1: Let me work out this thought, okay? So th- I, I've had this thought that I've been wrestling with, and I'll probably, and it's taking me a while, but um, the thought that, uh, w- what is mental health? You know, what mm-hmm. is it? What? How do we define it? Is there? Is, is there? Is there a? Is there a way where we can have a? Will we ever reach a understanding of mental health that is? Um, you know, how do I say it? that is that that really encompasses what it means to be human and all these things in consciousness, like. Well, my my thing is like uh, the thing that I'm struggling with here is mm-hmm. for myself too. Here, like, how, how do we? Who is it for? Who is it? Is it for me to say? Um, who? How, how do I say this? How do I say it? I'm trying to say is like you know, if if
0: I think you're talking about neurodiversity.
1: oh What I'm, oh, what I'm trying to say is like how, I, why. How do I? Here's what I'm trying to say. Fuck. I'm tr- I'm struggling with this because if you're spending, okay, I'll will be more direct. If you're spending 60 hours a week, no, if you're spending 120 hours a week inside of VR, hmm. and I'm your family member, I'm your brother, and I am not feeling it. I'm not. I'm just. I I drive FedEx trucks for a living. whatever. Right. Right. And, and so, um, self-driving cars are taking over so then uh, i shouldn't be driving some better trucks uh, <laughs> but but here's the thing like if who am i to tell you that this thing is doing a harm like health harm to you like this is bad for your mental health like and if it is aren't you free to say chill i got this i am um, the owner of my own, you know, body and destiny, and stuff. autonomy. Yeah, exactly. So you just let me be. Um, so, but so that like, so is that is that issue going to solve itself? That's what I'm saying. Is like, is is the issue of, you know, what is mental health? Um, can 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 we figure out a threshold at which people might overuse the HMD and and, and it might be detrimental? Like, at what point does Using VR become detrimental for your own mental health? Do you think? That's man, holy shit! It took me a long time to get to that goddamn question. But what do you think?
0: So uh, it's it's hard because um, because mental health is complex and mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of what a lot of what defines a lot of what kind of the modern definition of mental illness revolves around quality of life and kind of the extent to which a person, um, first of all, feels like they they have an issue they're struggling with, and also their issues are materially affecting their ability to enjoy activities they want to do or to uh, achieve goals they want to achieve. Um, and And I think that there's definitely going to be people out there who have problems with VR addiction who say... I can't afford to pay the rent, but I still spent 16 hours a day in VR, in a VR experience that had nothing to do with earning income, um, and or people who, um, for example, are having trouble spending enough time with their family, but they spend a lot of time in VR and away from their family, um, and you know, and and to some extent, this is just kind of VR exacerbating things that are already present. For example, if you're if you're not responsible enough to earn enough income to live, then uh, allowing VR to or using VR to distract yourself is is going to exacerbate the problem. And if I'm um, and and merely spending a lot of time in VR is, is not by itself a problem. Like I can imagine a person who exercises regularly, who earns the majority of their income in a virtual world, in a virtual context, who has plenty, who has, who is financially independent, who, um, who sees all the people that they know and care about on a regular basis, many of them in VR. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and by any reasonable definition, I would consider such a person to be well adjusted. Mm -hmm. So, I I think what it comes down to is VR VR is going to get a lot of the Blame for people Engaging in bad behaviors that That are detrimental to their happiness And their lives mm-hmm. and that make it Difficult for them to live and that cause Problems for them mm-hmm. or that cause Problems for their relationships and Um and at the end Of the day they either have to They, they have to deal with those issues Independent of VR Um or they have to find a way to reconcile their use of VR with solving those issues at the same time.
1: Let um, I me mean, be honest with you, because for a while, um, VR became a bit of an escape for me. Mm-hmm. Um, past drama in my life that I just didn't want to deal with. Uh, thing, thought, you know, repressed memories and thoughts. Um, and relationships that i don't that i didn 't want to come back up mm-hmm. i you know it was just it's, it was so easy for me to for, forget about these things inside the proto metaverse um, but 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 and the thing is the thing is um, the mentality that I, that I had for like a couple months was not the most healthy uh-huh. um, I gotta say you know you you get tunnel vision Mm-hmm um and you forget the things that are important um you know I, I i yeah i became a bit too ambitious for my own good and that's that's, that's a constant thing that happens in, in my life like always mm-hmm. i always bite out more than i can chew, and so the thing is i i went through this period of really like just struggling with like what the fuck am i doing um, you know, and and realizing that, yeah, I I was I was using VR to escape for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and it took, honestly, it took LSD for me to realize that. Oh shit, I was escaping. Like, mm-hmm. Um, and, and and now it's like, okay, hold on, well, hold on, why was I escaping? What mm-hmm. the fuck? I had to work all that out. The question here, like, here for you is like, I had the the luck of having the tools to work out the things that made me unhappy mm-hmm. and, and and why I flocked to VR to escape for the time that I did. Mm-hmm. Now I see it more as a tool. But when VR launches and it's out in the consumer and it's for consumers, you know, what do you think is the percentage of people who are going to see VR and are going to go immediately... Go there to escape because I'm not gonna lie. There are some shitty circumstances yeah. for, that that people are finding themselves trapped in that had no choice to be in, and I wouldn't blame them if they wanted to just live in the virtual world, you know. But but at the same time, it's maybe that maybe that says something bigger about ourselves, right? That, about mm-hmm. our our humanity or our current human. I
0: mean, it's it's kind of a struggle because it's. I mean, first of all, we have the problem that not everyone is secure enough to be able to survive without um, without having to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, there's a lot of people in situations where, like you say, they want to escape the situation, but in, in escaping it, they also distract themselves from engaging with any kind of solution to the situation, short-term or long-term. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, I don't know, it does... It, it's... The difficult question for me is: Does VR exacerbate it, hmm. or is this a situation where VR is substituting for another form of escape? Right, right. Would if if this were 1850, would you be going down to the lake with a book to escape?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. And yeah, okay, well, okay, but in the argument of the devil, you know, what is what is their what is the argument of the devil? The argument of the devil here is that. Yes, VR is exacerbating your already preset notions that are unhealthy, right? I
0: mean, there, there is, there's definitely a, a reasonable argument that VR, in, in being so engaging, in, in, being, in occupying all of your senses, in literally cutting out your perception of the outside world altogether, is, is acting as a more effective and, and pure form of escape. Um, to the point where you, You're just not thinking about Your real world concerns at all um, And I'm, I'm You know I'm, I'm making the devil's advocate argument I'm not sure how much I buy into it but it's I mean there, there, There is the risk that some people are, are going to use it as escape And are going to have more trouble Getting out of it because Having that Especially because of how easy it is To get like like, if you go down to the lake with a book, you have to go out of your house, you have to walk down the street, it takes a while, mm-hmm. and maybe by the time you get there, you're like, oh, I'm fine, I'm just going to go home. But with VR, you could be like in your bedroom, and like your parents are arguing, and you're like, screw this, I'm going to put on my VR headset, I'm going to be a warrior in Final Fantasy 17, and I'm not going to worry about my parents anymore. Mm-hmm. And you could just do that every night. And is that... Is that person better off? Is that progress? I don't know.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, do you feel like because that person in the future will have the ability to shut out these shitty moments in life, like um, waiting in line at the airport or waiting at the doctor's office or any sort of waiting. Fuck waiting. That's going to be out the window for this future person. Well, that will happen. To
0: be fair, we already have smartphones. So. That's true. <laughs> that's true.
1: But this is going to be another level of... like. Mm. Uh, Activity and then and then the other thing is you know bad situation where your your mom is beating your dad um, or your um, your, whatever like um, your dog is being euthanized in front of you why again shitty situations right my my argument here and my pseudo uh, philosophical argument here is that struggle makes us. Strong and gives us character and makes us defines who we are yeah and it it gives us personality so what what would a generation look like of humans that grows up with the ability to shut out struggle
0: I guess if I if I were to give a counter argument it would be that a person in VR has a great amount of control over their experience but ultimately people still choose to engage in experiences that are unpleasant um for for example, um, if you've ever been in a flame war on a forum,
1: no, and I would never. Well, never. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you haven't. <laughs>
0: um, and those people, they they'll keep arguing for ten hours, so mm-hmm. or, or days. I've And, those. Yes, I and those. it's it's not like they're doing it because there was nothing more enjoyable to do on the internet. Um, they they do it because they have a personal investment in that community, in that situation, in that argument and they 've decided i 'm going to engage with this because I want to achieve an outcome because I want to have the status in this community I want to they, they have goals, and by engaging in the bad situation they they move those goals forward and and I think there 's going to be likewise a lot of situations in V R where people, despite having an endless range of VR experiences to choose from, choose to engage in ones that are entirely unpleasant um, or or even hurtful because those those are the experiences that they need to go through to achieve the things that they believe they want
1: do you think there's going to be a market then for uh shit on your plate simulator sort of experiences <laughs> and, you know you, uh, just like abusive language virtual spaces where like you you're just sitting there in a seat in a room and you just have like you know dozens of people cusp- And send bad words at you I don't know This
0: this sounds like any This sounds like (laughs) Like take any Like metaverse application And just Turn off the filters And (laughs) And stop banning people And this is exactly What's going to happen
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well that's going to be Interesting The security protocols Of uh, Of 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 Whatever metaverse Space you're You're in In terms Mm of You know Blocking out trolls Mm -hmm. And um, You know Security 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 Security
0: And they're already Running into this I mean right now There's so few people That it's not really a big deal for them that they just have some basic, you know, ban lists and some things like that. But when you're dealing with trolls who are like IP hopping and using using Tor and and um, and, and playing all kinds of tricks to come in with new accounts constantly, um, you kind of have to you have to build up your repertoire of. Um, and and people are going to have to start sharing kind of their, their blacklist and mm. coming up with other ways of trying to deal with all these bad actors. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that's kind of just traditional, like the same kind of thing that you have to deal with on regular websites. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, to some extent it's worse in VR because in VR, a disruptive person... Kind of just talks over everybody or or displaces everybody's space or can invade personal space and make people more uncomfortable um, which are kind of new opportunities for trolling that don't exist in traditional online spaces um, but but I think a lot of the security measures are going to be pretty similar
1: yeah yeah I mean and so and what about the tactics do you think the tactics are going to change um, in terms of trolling
0: probably I mean there's I mean there's just a lot of things like Like, people troll in real life, and if you look at how people troll in real life, it's, like, doing pranks and things like that. It's it's pretty different from how people troll in online spaces. And we're probably going to see people, um, probably, I think what we're, what's going to look more like is kind of like trolls in, say, Minecraft, or it's, like, griefers, where you get home and it's, like, someone set your house on fire. And...
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sucks. Can you, I, okay, I, I have limited experience with Minecraft. Mm. I, I've, I've done it in VR once, and a creeper scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and then Go back in there again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that and the vertigo. Like you, I was high up there on top of some tree, mm. and I was like, "Holy shit, this is." I'm 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 a total scary scary cat for heights. Um, but yeah, please continue. Minecraft, uh, you're saying.
0: Yeah, and I. I I'm, I guess I'm just saying that I think a lot of VR trolling is going to look like that because a lot of VR spaces are going to be about creation and I, so I think a lot of VR trolling is going to be about griefing it's going to be about destroying things people have made that they, that they love and that weren't adequately protected um, it's going to be about um, and, and it's going to be about doing unexpected or surprising things that are a little bit mean like pranks um,
1: Why do people troll? Is that something that is ingrained in the, humans, the human DNA that we just will never get rid of? Or will, would we ever want to get rid of? I mean, I'm sure... And by the way, there's funny trolls. There's funny... There's like... There's, yeah. there's good sense of humor trolls.
0: There, there are trolls that are less hurtful ones. to yeah. people than others. Yeah,
1: there's there's, there's there's trolls with class, you know, with, mm-hmm. with sense of humor. And then there's one where it's just like, okay, dude, you... you there's issues here.
0: There's, kind of like how you can have a gentleman thief who is still like... Stealing things But they're doing it With class oh,
1: yeah Or <laughs> a ha- hacker Yes Because right? so, it's all about I mean How you use the medium Of, mm. of ex- self-expression I mean
0: And I mean I mean I think the, the short answer is I think there's something Innate about trolling And I don't think It's something you can Just kind of eliminate um, mm-hmm. But it's Because
1: it's not The same as pranking
0: It's not exactly The same as pranking But it's It's similar in so far As they both involve Um they both involve some kind of some attempt to make somebody upset for your own amusement.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it's hard to understand. But-
0: and I mean, it's, it's like people say, how could you be upset at someone else being... How, how could you be amused at someone else being upset? But then they like watch any slapstick comedy video and they're laughing at it. So,
1: Is it, Do you think it's about power? It's about proving that someone has no free will because you can say things that will make them react in a certain way? I think
0: it's, it's partly about power. It's partly just saying like... Because I've actually seen trolls say things like... Like oh, it was so easy to make those people upset. I can just say this, and they'll be yelling all all day. And yeah. and I, I think it's part of them feeling like they have that power over others. And um, and that's why they say don't feed the trolls. But mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's an it's an interesting subject. I mean, and, and the, the idea of, of of being able to make noises with my mouth. And then, and, and those noises causing cortisol uh, being to be released in someone else's brain, and that cortisol is a damaging. It's not a good. It's not a, It's not always a good thing to be releasing cortisol all the time, right? Like you don't. It's a stress hormone, right? So you don't want. So so, in the same sense that um, hitting someone in the arm is physical harm, is trolling someone and causing them, like, you know, stress also physical harm? Because cortisol gets released and it just, and it does, you know, it causes inflammation in, oh. your, in your muscle. I
0: mean, if you're a materialist, all harm is physical harm. Oh, uh, okay. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, we're getting, yeah, we're, go, we're going there. Um, uh, That's true. So, so do you think that, and so the reason why I ask this is, like, do you think that uh, there will be policing in the metaverse? Um, where I'll be able to start suing people for getting trolled if I'm able to track them down because the police state will be in.
0: It's... It's it's hard to... Like, I feel like... So, I mean, it's already the case today that if someone goes on Facebook and says, I'm going to kill the president, they can be arrested for that because that is a threat. That's... uh, If it's a... If it's, a, if it's a plausible threat, like they say, I'm going to kill the president, I have a gun in my closet, it's loaded, and I'm going to do it tomorrow at 3 p.m. Yeah. Then they, they, the police can come right to their door and arrest them. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. only to their friends that they posted it, whatever. Um, and, and the same thing's going to apply in VR. If you're hanging out with your friends on VR Main Street and you're saying... And, and you're saying I'm going to kill the president. The police can still come to your house and arrest you. Yeah. Um, the question is, it starts to get more complicated when you get into simulated crime. So one can reasonably ask if if you if you act menacingly towards somebody in VR, is that something that that person could construe as a threat towards as a as a as a threat towards their person? If you if you get up in somebody's face and push on them in VR, and assuming the simulation supports this kind of thing, and you push them back and they go back, is that some form of assault, or is that just, or are you just pressing keys? And that's 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 not entirely clear how the law is going to handle simulated crime. Uh, there's certainly cases already on the books where. Um, where um, simulations of certain activities that would be an illegal are real in real life, um, for example, obscenity law, where um, certain certain forms of extremely graphic violence are are held to be obscene and punishable under the law, even um, even though they are purely fictional and simulated. So, I don't I, I don't know if there's going to be laws around that. Re- or if there should be, and I don't I don't know at what point people are going to start to feel like are going to start to feel like someone invading their personal space and acting on their virtual person is on on the same level as acting on their real person. I mean, some people say it's just about physical safety, that you can always disconnect. And I think it's a little bit reductive because a lot of a lot of what the law punishes is creating negative experiences for people even if those experiences don't result directly in physical harm for example if you steal all the money out of someone's bank account you have not harmed them physically in any way but you've still done them harm mm-hmm. and you're punishable for it mm-hmm. um, and could the same thing be, be done for virtual simulated crimes I don't know yeah. Um
1: and i mean and also there is also a wide range of possible things that people can do to each other to harm each other in the metaverse. You know, mm. we won't know until we're there.
0: and like i said before like people are going to trot out the why don't you just disconnect thing and this has been this has been used in all sorts of online communities for like, decades. you mean
1: the victim sort of stuff?
0: Yeah, and what it comes down to is people have investments in virtual communities, in online yeah. communities. Yeah. They ha- they know people there, they have a reputation there and they're not just going to Disconnect And never come back The first time That someone is aggressive Toward them yeah. So They're
1: I used to get Phone calls in high school Where um, I would get harassed By some random people Which was just Random phone calls mm-hmm. And uh, I changed my number But that's bullshit Because you shouldn't Have to change your number mm-hmm. like, right, With people are like Calling you randomly And harass you mm-hmm. If they should Like I think um, I don't know if I changed My number Because that was happening But Thankfully, it did anyways. And, you know, I wonder, you know, if that's sort of the same thing we're going to be seeing. Like, I mean, you know, it, and you can't tell me now, like, we'll stop using your phone. We'll, don't, don't, don't carry mm-hmm. around a phone. If right. You wanna be...
0: and there's going to be similar things, I think, where people, like, even if people don't say, why don't you just disconnect, they'll say, like, why don't you just start a new character? Mm-hmm. They won't know who you are. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And those people say, people know my character. They see my avatar. They recognize me. I have relationships. Mm-hmm. And and you, you can't just tell everybody every time that someone acts aggressively toward them, I'll just make a new character.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because then you don't... Because they win. That means they win. <laughs> and
0: I guess the question is, is this something that's... A public concern that should that the state should have a hand in is it something that should be addressed by moder by private moderators and corporations who who operate because every every one of these sites is going to have some kind of private organization behind it and I I don't know I don't
1: know I for one I uh, I would my solution would be a list of kind of like a, a Skype roster or a list of people um. We're all friends of friends, and only we can go inside these virtual spaces. And so, no, nothing public, I would say. Yeah, like, uh, you know, definitely, especially as VR is, is going along. Like, I feel like it's really hard, really hard to keep up with all the amazing people that are coming out, being super smart, creating amazing fucking stuff. And I'm, I'm only, I can't, I can't keep up. There's too many of you. Mm. Like, I can't. I yeah. want to interview all of you, but I can't.
0: That's so, how I felt. Like. Like, in the DK1 days, I literally just went through the Oculus Store and downloaded every single demo, because why not? Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, I, I can't actually play all the things that are coming out, like, even once. Yeah. There's, there's too many of them. And there's so many developers from all these countries. There's people, even here in San Francisco, I didn't even know we're here, doing mm-hmm. projects that are awesome. And it's it's a fast quickly burgeoning community getting tons of investment and i'm really excited about the direction the industry is going as a whole
1: what do you so what do you do to um prioritize what content do you, you want to highlight or what content do you want to like you know what's uh do you have a formula or what do you do to
0: the um the lazy approach is that i um I, I look at what's popular. I look at what people um, upload on Reddit. I, I look exactly at I look at what um, other other YouTubers are playing. Um, I have a bunch of uh, uh, VR Let's players on my YouTube scrip- subscriptions, and um, and I I also check like Oculus featured applications and things like that. And so I you know I I kind of I want to start with the major ones, the the most important ones. And um, but I also occasionally want to look at something that's kind of undervalued um, like an application I think is really cool or does something new or interesting that just yeah. nobody's heard of or knows about and yeah. and that's usually like that's usually interesting also for viewers who, who are looking for information on new things mm-hmm. that, that they all haven't already heard of and who are following all this other stuff Um, so that's it feels
1: good when you find something that no one else has like guys hold on look look at these people are doing something awesome and everybody's like yeah they, they yeah I guess yeah holy shit they are
0: and a lot of that just kind of falls into my lap because I have a bunch of like people on my Skype who are always like 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 one of them will be like, oh, I made this cool thing, or I found this cool thing over here, and nobody's really seen it yet. I'll be like, oh, let me look at that. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, at this point, I'm, I'm not doing a lot of independent seeking out things just because yeah. so many things fall into my lap at this point that I just kind of sift through them and, and choose some good ones.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds like a good system so far. What do you, okay, keep, um, so this is the second time you're on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, have your plans changed? For the future, like in terms of what you're trying to do, and or
0: that is a stuff. great question. I don't remember when I was last on the podcast or what I said.
1: I well, let's uh, let's refresh everybody's memory, okay, uh, including mine. Okay, <laughs> let me ask you once again, or for the first time, um, what, what are your plans for the future, short term, long term?
0: Um, so. So um, at the moment I'm doing I'm doing some freelancing in VR. So I've um, I, I quit my grad school PhD to pursue. Consumer. Whoa! I didn't tell Whoa, you that. You really did that. Yeah, I did like like three months ago or something. Oh shit! Yeah, and um, because my UC Berkeley just doesn't do a lot of research in virtual reality really, huh. and um, and and my my um, degree program my dissertation was in online education, which is great but um a lot of what's going on in online education now is kind of boring mm-hmm. um it's like people are building MOOCs. MOOCs are exactly like traditional classrooms except online and they're not doing anything interesting or new um again? a massive online class ah, okay. basically you. think interactive textbook with a form attached to it okay, okay. yeah <laughs> and and lecture videos uh I'm sorry. I sound so disdainful. You know, it's, no, it's it is a little
1: disappointing. And we, can, we can do better. We can do better. Yeah,
0: and and part of why I'm so excited about VR is because I have contacts in VR. Like I've been working with Fruxius, and Fruxius has a very clear understanding of how VR can enable can enable the kind of learning we really want to promote, yeah, yeah. and with that exploration and simulation of, of and developing visceral intuition and that kind of thing. Um, and 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 honestly, I think I honestly think. VR is going to be better for education than the stuff I was working on for before, mm-hmm. um, and and I just I wanna I wanna be directly involved in it, and I've I've been doing all sorts of um, freelancing and stuff uh, with with the stuff with uh, Frigius has a little startup uh, called SolarX that mm-hmm. was um it's being funded by Rothenberg here he's actually in San Francisco right now yeah yeah you should, him. you should you should you um, should email him and get him to
1: I've been uh, well I I begged him uh, a couple of times <laughs> And he's like, dude, I'm sorry, my English is not that good, but uh, you know, I love to. I'm like, shit. You have
0: a great microphone. He'll be fine. Yeah, right. Like,
1: <laughs> but uh, but I I will keep hunting him down because mm-hmm. uh, the science requires this. Yes.
0: Um. But yeah, he's he's doing that little company and uh, he's he he does the work of a five man team. He's like a VR star.
1: I I've, I've heard things about his genius that he's like mm-hmm. on another level. No, yes. Some other plane.
0: Definitely, like, like I'm, I'm, I honestly think that they, I could take two or three VR startups, and they'd still be doing less than he is doing by himself. Holy <laughs> shit! Well,
1: how does he stack up against you? Uh,
0: like,
1: he's. If I had to put your D versus Fruxios in a Pokemon battle, programmer Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon battle.
0: Um, was- the the short explanation is I have more academic and mathematical background and. He has um, more experience with uh, producing complete games, kind of start to finish, and complete applications, and um, and he's also probably he also has better um um, kind of better intuition for um, for self learning and for self introspection and things like that. So there's a lot I think I can learn from him. um, That, um, but I also think I can uh, do some tasks that he doesn't yet have the background to take care of
1: you know it seems like you guys are it it doesn't seem you guys are some of the most brilliant fucking minds i've ever come across and for you to be working together that's kind of historic kind of big deal uh
0: hopefully it will be a big deal because he's extremely ambitious and Mm. i i hope that some good things are going to come out of it. Is he
1: trying to build the metaverse too, or what's? A- I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Nice. Oh, okay, confirmed. Um,
0: <laughs> nothing is confirmed. Um, and, um, but I'm like I said, I'm still kind of freelancing, um, and I've been I've been working with. So I mentioned my 360 panorama capture tool for Unity. Mm-hmm. I just did a Reddit post on that. Um, if you if you if you um, if you feel like, is it is it possible to do a demo in the middle of?
1: right now like yeah you know?
0: like right now yeah, yeah 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 what do you all right uh, you want just to... go to the you have virtual desktop you've been using it so yeah, yeah, yeah. just go over to my most recent reddit post you can find that
1: okay i'm gonna put on virtual desktop as we speak you are listening to interview and i am inside of virtual reality everybody oh, Woo. oh i'm about to be hold on yes i am awesome okay
0: so go find you know how to find someone's recent reddit post right yes yeah yes, go do again. it
1: yeah. I am uh, the state of California's education system did not fail me there, <laughs> um, so I'm going to read it.
0: How is is it a little hard to read the text?
1: Uh, if i no, it's actually so I've been working with virtual like as I mentioned to you earlier, I've been mm-hmm. experimenting with virtual desktop a lot. Like uh, I've been
0: Oh, to- you're at 220 degrees. Whoa. Yeah. Okay.
1: What does that mean?
0: Uh, you have your screen set to a very large size.
1: Yeah, because well, I have two two screens. So oh, that explains it. shown here and one Okay, so
0: they're like 110 each. That's, mm-hmm. that's reasonable.
1: Um, it's
0: still big, but it's reasonable.
1: Yeah, yeah. but so the crazy thing is, it's the last three podcast episodes um, have been... And, you, and the one I'm about to edit that I'm recording with you as we speak mm-hmm. will be edited inside of Virtual Desktop. That is awesome. Yeah, it's been...
0: Editing podcast about VR in VR. Yeah, yeah. The future is now.
1: I'm all about my uh, yeah. I'm all about my uh, Kool Aid that I've been drinking for the past two years. Dude, okay. So it's been uh, how, how long has it been since you started the YouTube channel?
0: Uh, I just started in I believe December 2013. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's been I want to say a year and a half. Does that sound right? Well,
1: right. Uh, have you? What's uh, What's been your favorite thing about doing this?
0: Um. So my favorite thing. So I, I mean I got to explore a lot of a lot of interesting problems about how to present uh, VR gameplay. I got to um, and I, at some points I had some really engaged viewers who 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 followed along with like my whole my whole half life series my whole half life two series that was great. Nice. Um, and i was I was also really excited that a lot of people. Um, for example, a lot of people viewed my Titanic video and found it to be a, a really exciting and motivating application. Mm. I've tried to drive. Uh, um, I always try and drive drive traffic to Kickstarters that I think are cool and exciting. Mm. Um, and uh, that that was one of those. And and it's, I I always love the opportunity to be able to draw attention to a really a really noble project that's mm. doing awesome things. Um, and um. And I also just um, like um, because because my machine has the specs for it. I have um, oh, let me tell you what to do here. So, yeah, okay, so I'm
1: here.
0: Um, so, so, so the question is, do you want um, the highest resolution version or at twenty five frames a second, or the sle- or the somewhat lower resolution version at sixty frames a second?
1: I I have a nine seventy on this thing, so I might be able, I might be able to run the high resolution, maybe.
0: Do you want? High res at 25 or low res at
1: 60? Ooh, let's do high res at 25. All
0: right. Uh, grab grab the link. Okay. Um, I think you want to right click.
1: Save as. Oh, save as. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Oops. Okay, let me go back. Uh, to Save as. I
0: can tell from your head motions how ridiculously large your screen is. Yeah, save link as? Uh, yeah. And then
1: we're going to go to uh, Neo's Universe. Sure.
0: It's one gigabyte.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Or 1.5
1: gigabytes. Okay, well, Should so only take a that's, minute. Let's, yeah, let's, download, let's talk some more. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: So let me let me talk a little bit about what this is. So yeah. Um. So this this was work originally funded by V V Archive. V Archive is a uh, beta website um, where people share uh, 360 degree snapshots.
1: So Kai from Hawaii. Yes. Yeah. Yes. part of that.
0: Awesome. He's kind of the founder, I think. Um, and and so it's um and and so, what he wanted was he wanted he want more content on his website, but right right now currently, um, in a lot of these applications, people just have no way to produce three hundred sixty content of of the game that they 're in mm-hmm. um, and that's also been a problem for my YouTube channel because I can play the game from my perspective, but I have no way to show people um, a view a three sixty view that they can look at in v r and and join alongside me mm-hmm. so um, we kind of had a shared problem there, and so I, I developed a, a, a pretty self-contained Unity script that basically any Unity VR dev can drop into their Unity application, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's used by most VR devs. UE4 is awesome as well, but it's not my focus. Yeah. Um, and I just very recently added um, support for stereoscopy. Stereoscopy is tricky. Um, for multiple reasons. Um, there's there's no way to do stereoscopic 360 video short of light fields. That's actually correct. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be some kind of problem, some kind of artifact, some kind of distortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the way you do that, deal with that is to try and come up with um, ways of processing it and ways of uh, limiting the scene so that you don't run into those problems. And uh, the particular solution I ended up using was Inspired... By a combination of uh, Google Jump and um, Otoy's um, stereo cube map renderer. So, Google Jump, um, if you're not familiar, has the kind of 10 to 12, I think it's 10 cameras all around on a circle. It's designed for capturing real world scenes, and they're all facing outwards. And then they run a bunch of processing on their server, and they spit out a stereoscopic 360 video. and the gist of how I, so based on my speculation and my experience with light fields, I believe the way it works is they're building what's called a 3D light field. So light fields normally are four dimensional, um, because you have, um, say you have a sphere around your head, each point on the sphere has a latitude and a longitude. Mm-hmm. And then additionally, the light coming in mm-hmm. to that point can come in at any angle and Mm -hmm. the angle of that light has two angle parameters the the yaw and the pitch Mm -hmm. so each point is two dimensions and the angle of the light is two dimensions that's four dimensions for the light field
1: oh oh shit okay thank you for that i wish i had captured your hand motion (laughs) because they were very like actually seeing your hand motion to do that um a lot i'll make a picture it. at some point yeah yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and so a three-dimensional light field um simplifies it by having instead of having a sphere mm-hmm. you have a circle and the circle's in a flat plane usually a horizontal plane and you have cameras around the edge of the circle mm-hmm. and then um you have free you have three dimensions one is what point are you at on the circle mm-hmm. um which is just a number of degrees And then you have the two angles of light coming in Mm -hmm. to the point. And and that, that corresponds pretty directly to the cameras on jump. They have cameras at points on the circle. They're capturing... In uh, both dimensions of light.
1: Did you figure this out, or how did you figure this out? What this
0: were- is so I, I don't know for sure that this is what they're doing. It's my speculation, but um, I believe it's accurate based on some of the artifacts I've seen in their processed videos. Um, I think what they're doing is they're um, they're inferring. I think they're inferring. Um, a, a th- so they they build a three D light field from the video from the from the video from the cameras, and then for each frame, they construct. Um, they can they they um, they infer the depth of the scene from um, and if you have a lot of cameras it's usually not a big deal to infer depth of a scene uh, because you have many viewpoints on it you can do the left left right analysis shift things and see if they match up okay and once they have the depth um, it's it's a little complicated but there's a light field rendering technique that uses depth that makes it um, that makes it produce much better results so once they've inferred the depth they can produce a much higher quality rendering of that light field Mm -hmm. Um, and since um, and because it's a light field they can actually place the viewpoint anywhere inside that circle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so as long as it's in the circle and between the cameras you can view from any point in there at any angle and so they can stick the two eyes in the circle have them looking this way and then for the next part of the 360 photo they can turn them like this and have Mm -hmm. them looking this way and they can pretty much have them facing any way that you want
1: what is uh? How long? Let's see. This is working. Uh,
0: okay. you, no, you should close the player. Close the player. Yeah. Don't don't play it in the player. Okay. And uh, just just drag it onto. Actually, go to virtual desktop. Go to virtual
1: desktop. Yeah.
0: Go to virtual desktop. I am in virtual.
1: Desktop. Go to video player. Video player.
0: Click over under.
1: Over under.
0: Okay. Now drag it onto your player. Uh, drag
1: what into my player? The video player. Oh, the video. Let okay. so I just download it. Okay. One second. I will find it here, and it is. Which one is it? Um, is it the virtual desktop setup? No, it's not. This is Neo's universe. There it is. Okay. And then drag it over. And oh my God. Oh my God, it works. Holy crap. This is beautiful. I've never done this with virtual desktop. I, that's,
0: just, that's just the intro. You haven't gotten to the best part yet. This is the greatest thing
1: ever. And I haven't <laughs> even, okay, wow. I like this. And you made this.
0: So I, I this is Neos the Universe the application. I've, have you seen this application before? Never. Okay, so this is an application made by Fruxius.
1: Oh, of course. Quality. And I expect quality out of this
0: one. It was made for the VR Jam. It's uh, called the Universe. The so the point. It's intended to be uh, similar to those old pow- the old Powers of Ten video, where mm-hmm. you're showing many objects of many different scales and comparing their sizes to give you an impression of how big they are relative to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with small things, it goes to big things, very, very big things like the universe.
1: I see no problems.
0: Yes, you're at the smallest scale
1: now. Oh snaps. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god. I I love these animations. Uh, so Neo's universe. This
0: is what it's this called. is. This is Neo's the universe, and this is just a video of it. Um, if you do the, if you run the the application, the normal application, mm-hmm. it, this all runs in real time.
1: Really? Yes.
0: Um, so you should definitely check out the actual application as well But yeah. the point of this video is to demonstrate That I can take exactly the same application Exactly the same graphics that you see rendered in real time mm-hmm. I can capture them in a stereoscopic 360 degree video Where you can look all around you
1: And this 360 degree video can be seen in mobile Can right. be Right,
0: and in I, VR you video. can play it on Gear VR You can play it um, I upload a version of video that you can view in WebVR Um, and, um, you can view it on cardboard, you can do whatever you want. It's just a video.
1: Are you the only person who's who's figured this out?
0: Um, there's, there was, there's another Asset Store asset that does VR panorama capture. I don't believe it does, I don't know if it does video yet, and their stereoscopy, I believe, is not as good as mine. Uh, this
1: is really good stereoscopy, by the way.
0: Um, so... I, I didn't quite finish explaining how it works, but the very quick explanation is: I, I capture a bunch of views around you, and then I pu- I position the eyes, I rotate the eyes as you turn around. This is standard stuff. So I'm um, for each vertical, for each vertical scan line, for each vertical column, I create a. Um, Am
1: I supposed to keep it on? Or? Um,
0: you can keep it on. Okay. Thank
1: you.
0: So <laughs> yeah. So for each vertical column, I um. Um, I position the eyes so that they're looking straight forward towards that column so that the eyes are always in the right position. Um, And additionally, as you look upwards or downwards towards the pole, I, uh, I move the IPD towards zero. So it slowly goes towards zero. So your eyes are getting closer together as you look up. And this is the same trick used by... Um, by OTOY stereo cube maps. And what that allows you to do is avoid any discontinuity at the poles. So there's no stitching artifacts at the poles. There's a little bit of distortion at the poles, but there's yeah. no stitching artifacts.
1: I see a little bit of distortion, but you're right. The stitching artifact is especially at the South Pole is non visible at all.
0: There's a little bit of convergence problems with the dust. Um ah. but it's um but it's 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 much better I think than a lot of other stuff that's available right now. And this all captures this is not real time capture, um, but it's capturing at um at about one to two frames a second. So it's um it's not like taking forever to render each frame. It's very fast. And that's because Unity is a real time engine. And so if you were rendering the same thing in like Blender or maya or whatever or otoy's render you would be taking a lot longer than one second to do
1: it Mm-hmm. Will you um okay so you, you you built this amazing tool uh or uh,
0: and it's a free script it's called 360 panorama capture it's in the unity asset store the stereoscopic version is in my reddit post it's going to be in the asset store in the future
1: have you ever considered um For yourself Like <laughs> giving free shit Away like this Like why are you Not a what, what What's uh, How are you going To make money How are you going to survive Because I, I I'm, I'm sorry I'm a douche I want to help I want to I want to see you Driving a Lamborghini how do, I, <laughs> how do you How do you do this Because you have The, the skills You have the talent
0: So um, The short explanation is So um, First of all I am um, I'm I'm definitely still looking at um, job opportunities, and I'm I'm actually interviewing with uh, the the Google Cardboard team next Tuesday. Oh, dude, that's not um, be an easy. we so, just make
1: sure they don't listen to this podcast.
0: Before they... <laughs> <laughs> and um, I I don't I don't know yet whether I'm gonna work for them, but um, but I I think I can. Basically, my only goal is I want to do lots of VR stuff. I think is cool, while also making enough to survive yeah. in a minimalist fashion. I'm I don't want to. I don't want to have a Lamborghini. I just want to. I want to have. I want to be able to afford a VR room and live in San Francisco, where all the VR stuff is.
1: Yeah, that would be the dream. That's uh, that. And yeah, well, it's it's not that much to ask, is it? You know, all you want to do is just. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh-huh. I just
0: want to have my entire virtual universes that I can create and explore. It's not even a big deal. Yeah,
1: it's, it's <laughs> just some rent that you can afford, right? <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I you know. It, Perhaps we can go to the VR camp next year. Um, if you're down to go to Burning Man, and we're still alive, and the AI hasn't eaten up all the world, <laughs> turned, up, turned all of us into paperclips. Listen, I have to. Um, I have to head out. I got. I got some people. I gotta no go, problem. Um, I gotta get some people high on marijuana edibles and watch them play Journey. So I,
0: that sounds uh, like the best way to play Journey. I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 trial and experimentation has this has. Uh, Provided me with the most uh, efficient way to make people cry by playing a video game. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, listen, you have been an amazing uh, scholar, um, a human being of virtual reality <laughs> that uh, I'm always admiring your like breadth of knowledge. And I'm gonna say honestly, 30% of what you said, I was just like, okay, shit, I'm gonna have to release re-listen re- listen to this later <laughs> on and just. You know, take some notes.
0: Um, well, thanks for inviting me down. It's great great to check out your office. Great we, to be in the space and talking to you face to face.
1: We need to do this more. Uh, and we shout. Um, and how can people stay in touch how can people, follow what you're doing and all that good stuff?
0: So my my YouTube channel is Everyday V R. Just search for E V R Y D A Y V R. And um and I have a Twitter, I have a Facebook, and you can I've, I have a Reddit account uh, where I post a fair amount on the R Oculus Reddit. You can find all of that stuff just with a Google search on Everyday VR.
1: Sweet. And all the relevant information will be linked in the show notes. V, um, thanks again for your time. No problem. And bam.